0: Jake Trotter, you've had an up-close and personal look at one of the best stories in the NFL this year, that being, of course, the comeback of quarterback Wacko Joe Flacco, as they say in Baltimore, but in Cleveland with the Browns. What would
1: you say was the most fascinating thing you've learned about his journey back to the league? Clinton, Joe Flacco was waiting for a call to get back into the NFL for months and months. And what he did to prepare for his comeback was twice a week, he would go to this peewee field with an unlocked gate. That's how they got in. And he would throw with his dad and his brother. That was it.
0: Who was running these
1: routes? So Steve would jog them. You mean his dad, Steve? His dad. He can still catch the ball okay, but he can't run routes, obviously. Sometimes he would jog the routes to kind of simulate a moving target. You know, it was just like when you were growing up. Hey, go stand over there, and I'm going to throw you the ball. That's exactly what they did.
0: How old is this actual old
1: man? What kind of an individual are we talking about here? Steve didn't tell me how old he is, but Joe Flacco is 39. He's the oldest of six siblings, so you can do the math. He's he's not a, I would say, young guy, but definitely young enough to still go out there and play catch.
0: Jake, if that was the timing that he was practicing with, then what he's doing right now at actual NFL speed is that much more amazing, no? Yeah, it's incredible.
1: Fake and throw. Flecko, wide open. Touchdown Najoku. What a statement by the Browns on the opening drive. But he wanted to keep his arm ready if he got an opportunity. And so his dad and his brother would go hang out at this peewee field throw for about an hour. His dad would basically conduct a sports talk radio show going over what happened in the NFL that weekend and they would move him around the field to practice routes. They would give him a hard time because he had to wear gloves. Joe Flacco will tear your hands up. We've seen the way that he can throw the ball. So he would wear gloves and for Joe Flacco, it worked. And amazingly that prepared him to make the comeback he has made. They're going to snap it. Flacco throws. Open man!
0: One of the more concerning trends of the 2023 NFL season was the alarming number of quarterback injuries, as several teams saw the season fall apart after the loss of their signal caller. And yet, week after week after week after week, one Super Bowl-winning veteran remained stuck at home without a team. So today, our Browns reporter Jake Trotter tells us how, in spite of the odds, Joe Flacco stayed ready and became the unlikely hero in Cleveland. I'm Clinton Yates, kiddos. It's Wednesday, January 10th. This is ESPN Daily. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Jake, to begin, when you look at where Joe Flacco was when this season started, let's argue both sides of this. What were the reasons that he deserved a roster spot? And then, what were the reasons you think that teams ultimately decided to not give him a call?
1: Well, number one, Joe Flacco is a very accomplished quarterback. He had one of the strongest arms that we've seen of any quarterback who came into the NFL. He was a first-round pick. He won a Super Bowl in 2012 with the Baltimore Ravens. He was the Super Bowl MVP that year. He produced one of the great quarterbacking playoff runs that we've seen in recent NFL history. So he has won a lot of games with one of the great teams of our era, those Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Baltimore Ravens. But, you know, Joe Flacco is going to turn 39 later this month. The Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson in 2018, essentially to replace him. That happened a little bit faster than I think anyone envisioned. And at that point, before the end of the year, it was clear that it was going to be Lamar Jackson's team going forward. And who could argue that? Lamar is about to be a two-time MVP of the NFL. And from there, you know, Flacco bounced around. You know, Denver, the Jets wanted to, at one point, develop their top pick. Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco was brought in as more of a mentor. He did start some games as Wilson struggled, but nobody really invested in Joe Flacco. Everybody gets older and teams are looking for a new franchise quarterback to build around. When you think about wanting to win a Super Bowl and build a Super Bowl contender, you're thinking about, caleb williams you're thinking about cj stroud and building around those guys you're not thinking about 30 something year old joe flacco now players like that have a place in the nfl but not necessarily as a starting quarterback for a team trying to build a contender at least that's the conventional wisdom sure but there are plenty franchises
0: that let's take the jets and the broncos for example who have long struggled to find competent quarterbacks You know, why do you think those situations didn't work out? You would assume that a guy like Flacco was head and shoulders over, I don't know, let's just say a Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, the list kind of goes on, as you already mentioned. How does Flacco get overlooked? The
1: Jets had other plans. They had plans for Zach Wilson, and then they had plans for Aaron Rodgers. And so Flacco just didn't fit in their plans going forward. To me, it's a little bit inexplicable that, Joe Flacco went so long this year without even getting a call. He didn't just get unsigned. Nobody called him. So, you know, he went the entire offseason unsigned, the entire preseason unsigned, more than half the regular season unsigned. And apparently, no other team viewed him as capable anymore. Maybe because of the way it ended in New York, where he started a couple games early. And then they moved on to a cycle of other quarterbacks. It's hard to explain, given the way Joe Flacco was playing now, Mm. and really how he played at times for the Jets last season. But for whatever reason, he went completely under the radar, despite being a former Super Bowl winner who still has a cannon arm.
0: You heard it here first. The Jets screwed it up yet (laughs) again. I'm only joking. But that does bring us to 2023. Look, beyond working out with his dad and his brother, what else was this guy doing while he waited for a call? I mean, you got, I can imagine Joe Flacco walking the aisles at Trader Joe's, rocketing like, I don't know, lettuce heads through the produce department. What was he doing just in general to keep his life interesting? He was Mr. Dad.
1: Joe Flacco has five kids. They're all younger. So if you have kids especially who are younger, you're just trying to get through the day, right? And that's what Joe was doing. He was taking his kids to school. He was taking them to their activities. He was, you know, playing with them in the afternoon. You know, he would get out that little football and throw it around, uh, you know, his four boys and a daughter to his four boys. And, you know, he was working out. You know, he was going to the gym every morning or most mornings and trying to keep his body in shape. You know, he stayed prepared But he was being a dad and kind of thinking about, is this really it for me in the NFL? Should I be thinking about life after football? And at one point, he actually went to a TV audition for Inside the NFL thinking it might be time for him to pursue a second career.
0: I saw a clip of him, I think it was last game, where he was on the sidelines kind of nodding off, and it looked like he was a little bit falling asleep and not in a, like, not prepared way. He just looked really tired, and somebody was like, that man has five kids. Leave him alone. This is the first time he's been on his own with an ability to rest in a long time, and it was in the middle of an NFL football game. Hilarious. Okay, the family workouts. His dad, his brother, trying to keep the arm in shape. Tell us more about those. What did this
1: Flacco family training camp actually look like? So Tom Flacco is the youngest of the six siblings. Joe is the oldest. Tom is the youngest. Tom was also a FCS star uh, in college. Uh, Joe went to Delaware. Tom went to Townsend. And like Joe, was trying to keep his professional football career alive. He'd had a stint in the CFL. He recently uh, signed with uh, the Houston XFL team. So they both had the same goal, uh, maybe at different levels, but wanted to keep their arms ready to go in case that call came. So they decide to find a field, which they did because the gate was unlocked. That's how they got on. And Steve, their dad, came along. They would usually go Tuesdays and Thursdays after Joe got done lifting in the morning. And a lot of times, Tom would bring his son, who was two, And sometimes Steve would bring other grandchildren. So they would be on this peewee field. The kids would be over there on their bikes. And a lot of times, as you can imagine with young kids, they had to go find them because they had run off to another field. So sometimes the workouts would get cut short because they had to go find all the kids around this little league training complex.
0: He's doing everything he can to stay fresh and ready for whatever team comes calling. But by the time the calendar flips to November, I mean, we're at the halfway point of the season. I've got to imagine that hope was starting to wane for
1: Joe. i talked to a lot of his former Baltimore teammates, and the one thing they always all said was they've never met a player who has more inner self-confidence than Joe Flacco. It's not cockiness. It's a self-confidence that he can get the job done, that he can be an elite quarterback. And even this guy admitted, he told me he was beginning to lose faith. How could you not? You know, we're already into November. How many starting quarterbacks have gone down with injuries at this point? Felt like half the league at that point. And every Tuesday, Steve and Tom would be, Joe, has this team called you? That team called you? Every time Joe would say, no, no call yet. And Tom told me he didn't see it. Like he didn't see... Joe being discouraged at the time. He didn't see him actively losing faith, but Joe later would admit that he was beginning to believe this wasn't going to happen for him, that his NFL career was over.
0: Okay, Jake, explain to us then how and why the call
1: finally came. So this was mid November. Deshaun Watson, Cleveland's starting quarterback, had just suffered a season ending shoulder surgery during that comeback. Against Baltimore, the Browns have all this momentum, and the players find out the next day our franchise quarterback is out for the year. And so Browns front office starts scrambling, what are we going to do? They already had P.J. Walker and rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson on the roster, but they knew that they might need somebody else if they were going to make an actual run to and in the playoffs. And the one name they kept coming back to was Joe Flacco. He was the only quarterback they called, the only one they brought in for a workout. Tom Flacco found out on Thursday, this would have been November 16th, Joe got a call and that he's flying to Cleveland later that day. But we got to get one final workout together so that he's ready to go. And so like they had done the entire fall, they Went through routes, although this time they were going through the Cleveland Browns route tree. Steve would jog. He'd go stand over there. They would practice the route tree. And then Joe got on a plane from Philadelphia to Cleveland for his first workout since he was at Delaware entering the draft. He had not worked out for a team in almost two decades. But now he was going to have another chance and he was going to have a workout. That I think in a lot of ways wasn't too dissimilar from what he was doing before receivers against air on a field. And Joe told me, even though it was kind of weird to work out again, he was super excited to show what he could do. I mean, it's crazy. His dad
0: is still running practice routes. When he's headed to an NFL team, what kind of actual shape was he in, however, when he arrived in Cleveland? It's not the same when you actually get back to the NFL.
1: It's not the same, but I'll tell you what, I talked to multiple people who saw that workout and they were absolutely blown away by how good Joe Flacco looked. And so there was cautious optimism coming out of the workout because... There's no defenders on the field. You're not wearing pads. A lot of people can look good against air and they're not so great when the lights come on and you're getting hit in the mouth on Sundays. But he tore the workout up and they immediately signed him to their practice squad to acclimate him to the offense and see if he would indeed become the quarterback for their stretch run. In that first week... Flacco is running the scout team, trying to prepare Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and company to get ready for the next game. And he is lighting up what is the best defense in the NFL. I think then some of the players, especially the defensive players, started to realize we might have something here. When you get Miles Garrett and the best players on the team to believe in you, the rest of the players are going to follow. And that's exactly what's happened. And a week or so later, Thompson Robinson, who was beginning to play well, by the way, suffered a concussion in a loss at Denver. And now it was Joe Flacco who was going to get a chance to start the following week in December against the Los Angeles Rams.
0: So this goes from kind of a pipe dream to reality very quickly as DTR goes down. That's just how the NFL is, though. We know that. But leading up to that Rams game, how quickly and
1: how well did he learn the playbook and mesh with the actual squad? Well, number one, they had to change the offense a little bit, right? Joe Flacco's not Deshaun Watson. Joe Flacco's a different type of quarterback. And so you're not going to see Joe Flacco running RPOs right. and running outside the pocket the way you would with Watson. But Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach and offensive play caller, this is the offense that he has called in the past. He is very comfortable with the offense that they are running with Flacco. Play action, bomb away deep with a big arm. It's Kevin Stefanski's M.O. And there was just a a lot of immediate comfortability that dovetailed with this pairing between Stefanski and Flacco. And I got to tell you, I could not believe how good Joe looked in that first game against the Rams because I think even people inside the organization didn't know what to think. Mm -hmm. And... They lost that game to Matthew Stafford, but Joe looked really good considering the circumstances. Flacco floats it out there. Cooper with the catch on the run in the Rams territory at the 43. Made some unbelievable throws in the game.
0: Wide open, four down the sideline. He's got it. It's a touchdown.
1: They had a chance to win on the road in the fourth quarter.
0: Flacco will step up, pressure coming. Heaves it oh. the sideline, and it's going to be intercepted. Off by John Johnson the third and a capper to the Rams' third straight win.
1: And I remember going into the locker room afterward and talking to some of the offensive guys, especially the veterans on the team. And they're like, We got a guy, we got a fighter, we got a guy who's got a presence. And this is a guy that we can rally around and make a run to the playoffs. So it was
0: obvious from the jump, in your opinion, that this was no fluke it was going to be as for real as any comeback of any old man had been in the NFL in a long time.
1: It wasn't obvious to me. It was obvious to the players in the locker room. That was my takeaway. Like, they knew before I knew, uh, before anyone outside the building knew. And when you, when when players believe that's something powerful, everyone I talked to after that game, you could just sense that they thought that they had something with Joe Flacco.
0: After that Rams game, they kind of I don't want to say exploded, but how did the next four or five go in terms of crystallizing what they
1: had put together in the offseason? season? You know, Clinton. You know who the leading passer in the NFL since Joe Flacco took over? Tell me, Jake. It's Joe Flacco. Flacco looking downfield, open. <laughs> and
0: breaks free.
1: He became the third oldest quarterback to throw three consecutive 300-yard games. He has set all kinds of records, including uh, two weeks later after the Rams game, throwing for a franchise record 212 yards in the fourth quarter in a comeback victory against the Chicago Bears. If there are any doubters, there were no more after that. And they have taken off ever since.
0: Flacco sets... Throws, looking for separation. It's caught! Amari Cooper down the sideline for the touchdown!
1: Flacco is the first quarterback now in NFL history to have at least 250 passing yards and multiple passing touchdowns in each of his first five games with a new team.
0: Flacco throws, caught.
1: Can he get into the end zone? And it is a touchdown for Jerome Ford. It's just been an incredible, magical run.
0: For those of you who don't really understand why this is so important, there are people that show up to Brown's tailgates with multiple dozens of names on the back of shirts to indicate the run of quarterbacks they've gone through. It is a joke that's not even funny and never really will be in Cleveland because that's just not a position they've really ever been able to figure out since Bernie Kosar left. This is actually amazing and it manifests itself in terms of how fast he's moving up the Browns' record books, but it's just somebody that lives in the Cleveland area. How
1: amazing is this to you? It's amazing. I, I've seen fans say, I don't know how I would have explained to myself three months ago how I would own a Joe Flacco Browns jersey. This was a quarterback who played for one of Cleveland's two most hated rivals. You know, Along with Ben Roethlisberger, You know, I don't know that there was another quarterback that defined the AFC North owning the Browns more than Joe Flacco. And for Joe Flacco to be embraced by Cleveland the way that he has is pretty remarkable. He says it's just been an incredible experience. And that final home game against the Jets, there was nobody that got a louder ovation than Joe Flacco taking the field. And at the end of the game, when the seconds were waning down, the loud ch- loudest chants reverberating around Cleveland Brown Stadium was flack go. Flack go.
0: flack go. flack go! Flack go! Flack go! Flack go! He's played five games in a Browns uniform, already 33rd on the team's passing career list. <laughs> if you're wondering the number I was stating by multiple dozens, it's 37 quarterbacks since they came back to the league in 1999. And by the way, he's 18th out of those guys. He might pass soon. Browns legend, Johnny Manziel. That's a joke, by the way. How many people do you see in general walking around at the stadium or in general with
1: Flacco jerseys in Cleveland? I see more than I I could imagine. I mean, you know, you'll still see some Baker Mayfield jerseys. You see some Deshaun Watson jerseys. You might see a Tim Couch. Uh, I've seen a Johnny Manziel jersey, by the way. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of Joe Flacco jerseys in Cleveland, especially if they keep winning these playoff games. Coming up,
0: we're going to talk about this team and their chances in the playoffs since getting there is not normally something this franchise does. So Jake, what do you think this Browns team is capable of? I think that many of us have not forgotten the helmet-swinging incident that sort of sent a season awry. Flacco comes in after a, we'll just call it a tumultuous situation at quarterback developed. All of this coming together, do you think they have an actual postseason run in them as constituted right now?
1: I do. If Joe keeps playing this way, The Browns are going to be a very dangerous team in these playoffs. We've been talking about Flacco, but remember, the Browns have the scariest defense in the NFL. They lead the NFL in a host of categories down the list. They have been dominant all year. And when you have a dominant defense and a hot quarterback, you can do some damage in the NFL. Just ask the 2012 Ravens. That was their recipe to making that Super Bowl run. It's not going to be easy. They're going to have to go on the road, beginning with Houston. If they win that game, Joe Flacco might be going back to Baltimore, which would be quite a scene for both the Browns and the Ravens. But I don't know that there is a team in the NFL, AFC or NFC, that when you look at the Browns, you don't think that they have no chance to win. When you have a defense this good, You have a player like Miles Garrett, who is probably going to be the defensive player of the year. When you have corners like Denzel Ward, and you have a quarterback playing at this level, you are automatically a threat to do some damage. And I think that the Browns have about as good a chance as anyone else in the AFC to make a run to the Super Bowl.
0: What do you think that would look like? go walking back into Baltimore against the guy that they replaced
1: him with. I can't even imagine. What do you think about that? I can't imagine either. I I hope it happens because it would be a great story. It would be an incredible scene, but remember Clinton, the Browns went to Baltimore not that long ago and won. So they know that they can go there and get a victory and I can tell you, Joe Flacco's not going to be rattled, even by that setting.
0: We'll have to see what happens in these playoffs. But of course, the next year decision is as important as anything else for a relatively young team. Deshaun Watson's massive contract would suggest that he's certainly going to take over once his shoulder heals. But with Flacco and the rest of the league, do you think the same mistake is going to happen twice? How do you see this shaking out, regardless of
1: what happens in the playoffs? What if Joe Flacco wins one playoff game and then two and then three? That is going to make for a really interesting offseason for the Browns. And talking to some people in the organization, they'll say, let's just enjoy this run and we'll worry about that later. But Joe Flacco could make this really complicated for Cleveland if he continues to play the way that he has and Joe wants to keep playing. Not just another year, not just another couple. He's gonna play until the NFL tells him he can't play anymore. And right now, I think he has shown the NFL that he's got a little bit left in the tank. And if his opportunity is not in Cleveland next year, maybe he gets an opportunity elsewhere. But I don't think the 2023 season is gonna be the end of Joe Flacco after what we've seen. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Clint.
0: I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.